Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Well, hi everyone. This is Carol Topp from homeschoolcpa.com and welcome to the Homeschool Leader Podcast here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. I recorded a webinar back in June, on June 1st, 2020. And this is now being recorded in September, three months later. The webinar was designed for homeschool leaders who were in a very difficult position trying to make decisions about their future, the future of their the programs and the groups they led in light of the COVID-19 pandemic. A lot of things had changed for homeschool groups. They couldn't uh, figure out if they would be allowed to meet in their buildings or if they had some certain health requirements, social distancing, mask wearing, sanitization, things like that. So the webinar was me and three other homeschool leaders who agreed to talk about the whole process of how they make decisions, what decisions they came to, and in June, how they were planning the future. So I have taken the highlights of that webinar and broken it into the six different podcast episodes, which will be kind of the highlight reel of the webinar. If you want to watch the webinar, because there are slides to go with it, as well as see the panelists as they're talking, you might enjoy that. Uh, It is available on YouTube. Um, You can uh, Google on YouTube, Homeschool CPA webinar, something like that. Or you can find it in the show notes to this podcast episode and the following podcast episodes. And you can always find the show notes over at homeschoolcpa.com slash podcast. And then look for podcast numbers 197 through uh, 202. And you will find the show notes there. I hope you find what the panelists say helpful as they talk about how they make decisions, answer questions from the audience, and in general, just get an idea of what other leaders do and how they run their organizations. Even if you're not trying to figure out an uncertain future like they were, and we still are here sitting in the fall, it's things are still very uncertain how they're going to play out in the next few months with the pandemic still raging here in the United States. But I think you'll just find it to be a very helpful webinar as many people have and have watched it and will benefit from it. So um, sit back, enjoy the highlight reel, or go check out the whole webinar. It's uh, available to you at no charge at all, uh, just to my way of helping homeschool leaders run their organizations as successfully as they possibly can. Uh, moving on, though, we're going to talk about making decisions as a board. And as you heard, the, the panelists come from different parts of the country. Uh, most of them are fairly good-sized organizations, so we're not really talking about the tinies here. But let's talk about making decisions as a board. Here's some advice, some tips for me. When you're trying to make a decision, try to have consensus on your board. You're never going to get consensus from all your members. <laughs> Remember, homeschoolers are opinionated. If there's 100 homeschoolers in the room, there's 120 opinions, right? But try to have consensus on your board as much as possible. It's not always possible, but try to have consensus, which is agreement among everybody. Present decisions to members 
as a board decision. So I really respected my homeschool co-op when I was on the board and we said, if we, we make a decision in this room, when we leave this room and go out and tell our members, we say, this is what the board decided. Even if I personally didn't agree with the board, I kept that uh, personal opinion in that boardroom, in that meeting, it did not go out. Uh, that was gonna that was gonna sound like gossiping and divisive. So the board decision was what was presented to the meetings, even if there were individual members that maybe had different opinions. So try to present decisions as board decisions. That's very important for your unity. Uh, and I already told you you can't please everyone. So focus on what you can do. Given the pandemic and the virus and the concerns for health and safety, you need to consider health and safety restrictions when you make these decisions, and you need to consider your own time and sanity. Focus on what you can do, not on what you can't. I got an email this week, and this woman described the lovely programs that she offered, and it was mostly an emphasis on, I can't do these things, I can't do those things, or a group can't do those things. Well, let's try to focus on what you can do, even with some of the health and safety restrictions that we're operating under. All right, dear panel, let's hear about how your board makes decisions. And let's start, Angela, let's start with you since we ended with you. Can you unmute yourself and Angela, yeah. Sure, are we speaking specifically decisions as far as just generally as part of the organization? That's what we're looking for here. Or, or if you want to talk decisions specifically about. about how you're making decisions now in light of the pandemic and the and the things for the fall, if you want to particularly yeah. emphasize that, I think that'd be most helpful to our. Okay. Members. Yeah, that's that's kind of where I was thinking with, with this. And um, <laughs> so one of the first things that we did was just think about what could we possibly even accomplish in the fall with the given guidelines that we have right now. And so we are planning for the best for the fall, and I think we're going to get to that later, but. What we do know about our particular group is that, and maybe homeschoolers in general are a little bit like this, but our particular group doesn't like to be um, near people who are sick. If we plan something and somebody hears of somebody having a little bit of a stomach flu, all of a sudden like 30 families are out. Like they're just not even going to, you know, come and participate. So we know that about our group. We know they're a little bit, what's the word? A little sensitive. Yes, <laughs> when it comes to things yeah. like that. So, so we, so we planned, um, we planned with that in mind as far as uh, the guidelines that we set up going forth for the fall. We made a decision as a board that we would move forward, just as though everything was fine. But we also knew that if this does not clear up, or if our members didn't feel comfortable with what was happening currently in or currently being when we begin, um, that they weren't going to show up. So we started to make contingency plans together as a board. How Angela, how big, how big is your board? We There are six of us on the board. Okay, very good. Amanda Campbell, let's hear about how your board, how big is your board? First of all, that's always interesting to know. And tell us about some of the, the ways your board makes decisions. When I took over the president's position two years ago, we had a board of over nine people. And talk about hard to make consensus. We couldn't even get to the point of voting. It was so many of us. So anyway, we are now a board of five uh, who work really well together and have a really good balance. Um, in particular, we always have at least one of us who 
whether we believe it or not, can hold the opposite side of a decision so that we all can think through it all, which is really helpful. Um, we vote, but we do like to get to pretty much full consensus or at least we said, the, okay, I don't really agree, but I'm going to support this. And we always, you know, face out the board has decided, um, things like that. So that's the size of our board. Um, as far as the fall goes, I'll start by saying we have not made a solid decision yet. Um, here in Rhode Island, there's a, we've been surrounded by hotspots. And so there are a lot of restrictions here currently than in other places. And it doesn't look like there'll be a lot of freedom in the near future. Uh, so we are in the process and talking all the time about it. So we, we're starting with what are our straight state regulations? Um, because the, the other part of it is it's very interesting to hear Angela say what she said about like, you, if somebody has got a tummy bug, all bets are off, right? We have a real large, um, variety of types of homeschoolers and where their interests and tolerances are. So, you know, we might have some families who are very much like that, and we do have a sizable amount of families who have kids with special needs and special medical needs. Um, and then we also have all the way down the other end to like homeschoolers who, you know, uh, uh, I shouldn't say homeschoolers, unschoolers who have a very different feeling about immunity and being together, whatever. So <laughs> we thought, well, we got to start with state. So our state requirements are really pretty strict. They re they're going to require masks. Uh, six feet of, uh, for everyone over the age of two, six feet of uh, social distancing, and only groups of 15. Um, and as homeschoolers know, that's like two, three families. Sometimes it's one and a half families. <laughs> so that's, real, that's a really hard um, part of our planning for the fall. Uh, even if we continue to progress well health-wise as a state, the next level is still mass social distancing and groups of 50. So um, the state requirements are one of the first places we've been talking about and researching. The second is our insurance, because um, we obviously have concern about that, um, not just uh, for the fall, but even as we've moved more to a virtual world, making sure that we've got the right insurance for meeting our family's needs in that way. Um, another place is our mission statement. Obviously, if we have to cancel things or things are going to be on hold or whatever, how do we meet the mission statement in different ways, in more creative ways? Um, and then uh, the other major thing we've thought about is, so if we have restrictions, state restrictions, like 15 people and masks and all that, even if we agree to do small group meetups, our, our, we're a 100% volunteer organization. So are our, our, our volunteer leaders comfortable holding those rules? And this has been a really big piece for us because nobody likes parenting other people's kids or parenting other parents or being the rule keeper. Like, I mean, we're all kind of rule breakers in our own way, right? <laughs> um, and so we're, we're definitely in a lot of conversation about that and talking to our our leading, we have a second sort of level that we call directors, and they're the ones who are running programs and are uh, sort of a designated leader of a spot. And so talking to them about, well, where is your comfort level and insisting that 
kids keep their masks on or they don't touch each other or if they start to are you can you step in and handle this and um and so even if we can follow all the rules that's one of the big concerns we have about asking our volunteers to take on that level of responsibility too mm -hmm. so those are all the pieces of where we're gathering and researching and talking but we haven't come to a solid decision about what the fall is going to look like at all yet yeah. soon though yeah thank you boy i decided i don't want to go to rhode island <laughs> you guys have a hard time <laughs> amanda Dillon is ohio better no uh, let's talk about your board. How big is it and, and how, what do you consider when making decisions or how does your board go about making decisions? Okay, so we have a six member board. We actually have one open position on our board right now. So normally we would have seven. Um, it's uh, each, I'm going to make this, I'm going to start with simple. Um, each board meeting, we read our mission statement. Um, and we do that at the very beginning because we want everybody to stay focused on our mission. And our mission is we are a community of students and families who desire to glorify God by uplifting, encouraging, equipping, and supporting home educating families to disciple young men and women of character, influencing the world for Jesus Christ. I told you it was long. <laughs> um, so, but we are definitely a religious uh, faith-based group. Um, so we start with that mission statement and then that kind of helps guide our conversation. Once you're starting with what are we here for? What is our purpose? I don't know if you can hear this. I live in Ohio. There's a tractor going by outside. Sorry. <laughs> um, but uh, then we, you know, just run our basic board meeting with like reviewing minutes, our committee reports, things like that. New businesses always last and COVID-19 would be new business. Um, and usually what we're going to do with that is, first of all, our board is a safe place. We are friends. We are all on the same team. Um, we can say what we think in our board meeting without the filter that we might use somewhere else um, and know that that's not going to leave that room, that we can share our feelings. Um, you know, we're human beings. Your board members are human beings. Are you're, you're a human being. As a support group leader, you're a human being. And you have feelings about this too. You have a family that has feelings about this. And um, you know, just being able to share that we are the kind of board that we talk till we agree. And if we can't agree, we put a pin in it and we come back. Um, and uh, so when we share something, it's consensus and we've heard all the opinions and our board is very diverse. We come from different backgrounds. We have large families uh, with many kids. We have one mom that's uh, only got a couple kids, you know, it, it's, different homeschooling styles, different parenting styles, uh, different political leanings, uh, we have those on our board. And that makes us a really strong board because we represent our co-op well that way. Um, with COVID-19, one of the things that we did is, and we've actually had this, I don't know if you guys remember when Ebola was a big thing years ago, um, we had, um, a nurse that we knew that is actually a school nurse that we consulted and she gave us some advice. And so we have retained her as a consultant um, when things like this come up. And in homeschool world, things like this come up, like vaccines have come up in our co-op before. Um, so we just kind of wanted to talk to her and see what she had to say about this. That was one part of this. Um, we 
actually are in kind of a unique situation because we're blessed with a really large building. So our classrooms are like a thousand square feet. So social distancing in a classroom isn't hard for us um, because, you know, our class sizes are limited to 15 or 16 kids anyways. Well, in a thousand square feet, that's nothing. You know, you're good. Um, so uh, one of the things that I did want to think about, though, is thinking back before we rented this building, we've actually been in this building for five years. We used to be in a church building and our decision making process was a lot different when we were in a church building. The rooms were smaller. And our board was accountable to a board of trustees at the church. And so we couldn't just make decisions and inform them what we were going to do in, in the building. We really had to cooperate with them um, and have, we actually had somebody from the church that was in the church leadership that came to our board meetings and sat with us and kind of talked through things with us. That was super helpful, keeping those relationships close. Um, but, you know, I can see how meeting in a school, in a church building or a building that's um, run like that, you might have trouble meeting. Um, because we rent our building, uh, we have a different sort of situation now. Um, one of the things that we just kind of try and keep in mind is we are not a school, so we do not have to follow all of the CDC guidelines for public schools. And some of them are sound really good and some of them sound like overkill. <laughs> Um, and then also, um, we are a religious group, so we would be exempt in Ohio from some of these guidelines for like large group meetings, but, and I say this very clearly, but we want our families to be safe. So we've really worked with our school nurse person um, to help us kind of figure out what those guidelines should be and get some of those in place um, and what the recommendations are and how those might work for our group. Um, and then just, we've just published those things early. Like once we've tried to publish them early and then talk about it a lot with our group. So we had some guidelines published in March, like here's what we think in March. And then we've come back in April and then we come back in May and say, here are the changes. Here's what we're looking at for events that we had scheduled and just try to be really um, upfront and talk a lot about it with our group publish early and often uh, so they know what to expect. That's, that's great. Thank you so much for sharing all that, Amanda. Wow. I hope you guys who are listening are picking up some tidbits of helpful information there. Thank you for joining the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with Carol Topp here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more helpful information, visit Carol at her website, homeschoolcpa.com.